What is up, Stonehill Fantasy Football League? It's your commish here, a.k.a. Trader Tommy, your SFFL three-time champion. This is episode six of the Stonehill Fantasy Football League podcast. Let's go. We're going to take a look back at the week's six matchups, uh, do a little review of the standings, waiver wire, trades, all that good stuff. Uh, we are actually joined this week by GM Tim, the GM of the newly rebranded Lenny and the Jets. He's going to talk to me for a little bit about his team and his season, um, and then we're going to get out of here with the commission's picks. We're going to start with a little standings overview before we get into the week six recap. Um, And things are starting to parse themselves out at this point. It does look like that you are going to need a winning record, believe it or not, to make it into the playoffs, to make it into that top six teams in the league. Uh, Right now we have four teams at four and two that are battling for first place, led by the Wentz Wagon, who's actually on a little bit of a skid on a two-game losing streak but still in a pretty solid lead as far as points for. Uh, Lenny and the Jets, possibly the hottest team right now in the SFFL uh, with 691 points. Then myself, Godwin's plan uh, is also in there with 652. And the Fuck Ukraines are also at 4-2 with 613 points. We then have one, two, three, four, five teams at 3-3 three and three who are very much still in the mix. Um, two teams at two and four that are really going to have to battle back, win some matchups and the pride of Quincy GM Millsy. He's at one and five. Again, playoffs aren't looking quite possible right now for him, but not being in last place, I'm sure at this point is the goal. And that's still very much in play. I mean, he's only one game behind, uh, those two and four teams. And honestly, the way his team's been projecting, the way his team looks, there's a chance that he can be right in the mix of the two and fours, and we could be potentially looking at another overtime um, or tiebreaker, sorry, tiebreaker situation for that last place regular season uh, punishment. So uh, that's just the, the standings overview. Again, we got some pretty good balance at the top. That middle is going to be a dogfight. It looks like there's going to be two to three playoff slots open with about, I don't know, six or seven GMs battling for them. So it's going to be nice uh, for sure. That's the standings recap. So let's get right into the week six recap here. I'm just going to go straight down the line, especially uh, with an interview in this week's podcast. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time recapping, but here we go. Um, The Donnie Sweeney's will start with the highest scoring team of the week, uh, earning his third win of the year. It's been an up and down season for GM Crane, but he's got to like that um, that Falcon stack that he has going for him right now with Hooper Freeman, 
um, just putting up great numbers. And of course, the Patriots defense, again, didn't even have to use a 10th round pick on them this year, and they are just amazing. I mean, week after week, they're putting up 15, 20 points. Um, They are actually the highest point performing player in all of fantasy relative to where they were drafted or what their ADP was. So Crane, it's a great win over Mahomes alone. Um, and he's looking to continue his redemption tour part two this year. Um, and it's looking good. So uh, next we have the Hilton Garden Ingram against the Wentz Wagon. And this is a, a surprisingly low performing week out of the Wentz Wagon. Uh, only 12 points out of Dalvin Cook. Uh, Kenny Galladay with 14. Again, could be doing a little better there. Um, and Brian was able to squeak by with a win uh, with only scoring 85 points. So again, sometimes you, you take, you will take wins like that. Um, the fuck Ukraines, uh, 109 over team Zane, 105. Again, another close matchup here. Um, the fuck Ukraines with Kyler Murray. I mean, what a, what a good draft pick. I'm still kicking myself over not drafting him. Um, knowing that GM Bill was going to end up picking him. Um, but again, he that's the way it is. So uh, Bill puts finds himself tied in first now at 4-2. and two. And Team Zane, again, another unlucky loss. His team is not bad by any means. Um, but again, he finds himself at the bottom of the standings in 11th place. And we have Rub for My Chub, uh, picks up their third win over the Fuck You Flips, GM Rincon. Uh, this time he lost with a losing score instead of the, the high point total. Uh, after being on fire the last two weeks, uh, picking up big wins, his team went a little bit of a downtick this week. Um, Blicker really benefited from a great game by Nick Chubb. Again, his running back core is just amazing, Chubb and McCaffrey. Um, but then the Broncos D, I mean, with 20 points, it's, you always, you'll always take that. And last, we got Lenny and the Jets, uh, with 131 over the carry on my wayward son, uh, 86 Lenny and the Jets, as I've said, potentially the hottest team in the Stonehill fantasy football league, uh, Watson, Connor, and he even had a 40 burger on his bench with Stephon Diggs, who had a breakout game. So things are on the up and up for GM Tim. Um, and that's actually um, what we talk about a little bit in our interview. And the last matchup I'll recap was myself taking another win over the Pride of Quincy. Um, Millsy drops to 1-5 on the year. He finds himself uh, alone in last place. And I'm back at the top of the leaderboard. Again, Godwin, the God, he truly is becoming a number one wide receiver. I still believe he is the ranked the top fantasy player points wise. Uh, and again, Carson's getting the work he needs to be getting. Uh, I'm a little worried about Joe Mixon. I'm not really sure if I actually ended up on the the uh, the top of that trade with David Johnson, as DJ was uh, scored about a quarter of Millsy's points. So. That's the week six recap for you. 
Um, we had the standings recap earlier on, and now I just need to segue into uh, my chat with GM Tim, and we'll get into that right now. Joining me tonight, we have GM Tim of the newly rebranded Lenny and the Jets, uh, potentially the hottest team right now in the SFFL with uh, a three-game winning streak. Um, Tim, how are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be on the podcast with such an esteemed and well-respected GM who's won the league so many times. I'm really hoping that that potentially rubs off, maybe even in a small way with a playoff berth. Uh, Let's not get too crazy and talk championships just yet. So got to get in the dance first. Great. Well, I appreciate the engagement uh, out of you last week uh, with the voice messages. So I thought I'd just... um, give you the floor and tell me a little bit about this hot streak your team is on. It seems like your team's really coming into form. Uh, Looks to me like you have a pretty good balance of um, depth, uh, but also just a a strong foundation with your running backs and and receiver core. Yeah. I mean, this kind of goes back to a move I made towards the tail end of last year when I saw the sink, uh, when I saw the ship sink in a little bit. And made moves with Crane to try to get the Creed Redemption Tour to a title and moved Odell and some pieces and Chris Carson over to his squad in return for James Conner. Knew coming into the year that I was going to have a pretty good leg up having, you know, let's not get too crazy, but having an RB1 on my squad coming into the draft. I mean, that's a huge benefit. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've drafted this absolute wagon. I mean, I had a nice leg up with a good keeper situation, but that's what all, you know, it goes back as many years as we've had keepers. I mean, you talk Rincon's team when he kept Camara. All these teams that keep these running backs end up working their way to the top of the standings. And I'm not the only one this year who's benefiting from that. You've got Blicker with Nick Chubb. You have Rincon again with Marlon Mack, who he's since traded. But again, teams that have strong keeper situations seem to wiggle their way to the top. And that's just kind of the, the luck of the draw a little bit. But it goes back to my draft day strategy where... I had the running back already on the squad, wanted to bring in two more and kind of have three that I felt good about for the years. I mean, it goes back like five years. I haven't had an RB1 on my team, um, and I had very similar roster builds to what um, Zach and maybe even a little bit right now Rincon are working towards where you have the wide receiver wagons, and then you're just trying to piece it together at running back. Um, On paper, it looks great. I love having good wide receivers, but it hadn't been working, so figured I'd switch it up. And on the draft day, you had a couple weird things in front of me happen where Crane took Michael Thomas, um, Rincon picked DeAndre Hopkins, which wasn't that weird, but I didn't think two wide receivers were going to get picked in front of me. And I got Le'Veon Bell and he hasn't been great. Dealt with some crazy injury situations with the quarterback. Um, But since then, I mean, he's battled through. It looked good. They had their bye, which was a luck of the draw that they got a week of Darnold um, with the mono on a bye week. And now after the Pats, I mean, the schedule is so soft for Bell and I think it's only only green grass in front of him. Leonard Fournette's been a beast. So those two picks have worked out really well. After that, <laughs> Diggs and Woods, I mean, uh, just top of the line upside, but I just can't almost go a day without thinking about the moment I picked Robert Woods over Chris Godwin, then immediately looked over to you and said, <laughs> Hey man, what would you have done there? And you were like, I don't know, man. I'm glad you picked first and had to pick one. And I, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I picked wrong. I probably should have been shooting for more upside there. But to look back at this draft board and see Chris Godwin immediately after Robert Woods is just absolute heartbreaking. And there were some landmines in that round. Like I, I, you know, I don't know why Darius Geis was picked there. I don't like Alshon Jeffrey. I don't like James White. I'm just looking back at the draft board. 
And Woods is fine. He's good. But it's not Chris Godwin. You've gotten some absolute smash production out of him. So if I had to say a draft day regret, that's probably one. So Hunter Henry's back. Things are looking up. I've kind of, you know, wiggled my way through this tight end situation. But that's kind of the state of the state. I'm feeling really good about where we're at. I've been trying to sling some absolutely massive deals with some GMs um, gotten right to the right to the edge of the mountain, if you will. And we just haven't quite got there. So could be some big stuff in the works might not be, but I'm really happy with where we are um, coming into the week against rub for my chub. Yeah. Then it, it looks like you got a pretty uh, lucky draw here with blicker rub for my chub. I mean, his team is just uh, skeletons right now uh, with all those buys. So uh, again, how does it feel? I mean, we all know that you've had a, a tough couple years, probably two, three years in a row now in the SFFL, not making the playoffs. How does it feel to be really tied in first, um, but really seems like you'll be right in the playoff mix as we get later down the line in the season? Yeah, well, I want to hit on one thing you talked about a little bit with Blicker's bye week situation. It's kind of crazy. It, it, it goes to a little bit of the like, do you want them sprinkled in throughout the year? Or would you rather just deal with one week where you don't have anybody on your team and just have to try to piece together a waiver wire squad. I mean, if there's one GM in this league that I do not want to play on the one week where they get to shoot for the moon and just run the waiver wire squad out there, it's Blicker. I mean, it's no surprise that he knows everyone's team inside and out, knows exactly who he can target to try to get some guys this one specific week could, could go off. He's done a really nice job piecing this team together with Josh Allen he comes to you for a couple fab bucks, grabs Frank Gore against Miami. So he's got the Buffalo stack. I mean, that team could shoot off for a million points. He goes to Miller today and probably tells him the sob story about how, you know, if David Johnson gets hurt and you don't have Chase Edmonds, your year's fucked. You know, you really need him. And then the next thing you know, Alvin Kamara is probably going to be. He's done a good job finagling his way into a lineup that's somehow projected to score 90 points. And I mean, if you look at the waiver wire every week, the top scoring guys would beat the top scoring team in our league. So, you know, the talent's out there. You just got to know who to pick. So to say that it's a cupcake is accurate, but you never know what can happen. So if I come walking away from this week with a loss, that would suck. Um, But I'll give him credit for putting together a really nice squad. And then as for where I'm at in the standings, I mean, it feels good. You know me, I pay a ton of attention to this regardless of how it is. I feel a little bit like, I'm happy with where the squad is, so I haven't really been making any moves. I think when your team isn't as strong, you're always kind of like looking to wheel and deal a little bit and kind of improve the team. So right now it kind of feels like Sunday comes, and I just want the next Sunday to come and just kind of keep it rolling. Um, I'd lie, be lying if I didn't say I had my eyes on a playoff berth this year, but crazier shit's happen. It's a game of inches. Injuries come and go. You know, teams that are strong one day suck the next. You know what I mean? You look at a team like Flips where – you're getting 30 a week from fucking Austin Eckler for the first three weeks. And it looks like an absolute machine. He gets hurt. You lose two straight weeks. I mean, anything can happen. So I like the depth I have. I think I'm fairly injury prone. Hopefully I'm, hopefully I'm injury avoidant, but you know, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And like I always say, I mean, this, it's up for grabs. The league's always up for grabs ever since we added those two playoff spots, top six in, I mean, you really never know. Um, and really everyone's still in play. So, yeah, um, you know, I mean, you look at the, even the teams that are two and four, you see Rincon and um, Chesla's team. I mean, those are two teams I like. I mean, if you had to ask me to say my top five teams in the league, I mean, those might or probably are two of my top five. I mean, I, I can't look at Chesla's team and say that a team anchored by, you know, Zeke, Aaron Jones, Tyler Lockett off the top of my head, like, 
that's a good fucking squad to be, you know, second to last right now. So you're right. A lot can happen. There's some teams who I think aren't as strong as their record says there. And there's a lot of teams that I think are battling out of the basement for one reason or another. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, GM Tim, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, Best of luck against Blicker this week. And uh, I'm sure we'll be firing off a little smack talk in the group chat this weekend. So perfect. Appreciate it. I haven't heard your picks yet, but if you pick Blicker against me this week, I'm going to think something's totally wrong with you. Yeah. I I don't think I'll be doing that. All right. I look forward to it. All right, Tim, take it easy. Later, dude. See you. All right, it's time for the week seven commission's picks. I went uh, three and three last week, so not great, but I'm up to 12 and 18 on the year. Still not great, um, but let's get going here. So I got carry on my wayward son coming to Godwin's plan this week. Uh, again, 117 to 110 projection. Probability is a little on the side of GM Fazio, but like I said, I'm always going to be picking myself there, so won't even get into that one. We got Mahomes alone next at the Hilton Garden Ingram. Mahomes alone projected to win this one by about five points. And in looking at this one, I do think Mahomes alone is going to take it. Although if Saquon is back fully healthy, I could see this one being really close and really going either way. Um, And same goes with Devontae Adams. I'm sure GM Zach really hopes that he is back this week. And if he is, I think Mahomes alone will squeak this one out. Um, But again, this should be a really good matchup. Next, we got Team Zane at the Donnie Sweeney's. The Donnie Sweeney's are red hot right now. I mean, they are. They looked amazing last week. He's got Pat Mahomes going on Thursday night, which is great. Devontae Freeman is looking like a true RB1 right now. Uh, And Tevin Coleman has stepped it up and he shows that he is going to be a pretty significant part of that San Francisco offense when healthy. Um, but Team Zane, I just think there's got to become a time where this foundation of Wentz, Zeke, Aaron Jones, Tyler Lockett, and George Kittle uh, win a game. I mean, Team Zane is 2-4 and four on the year. This is arguably his uh, biggest game of the season. And and just looking at some of the matchups here, you got Zeke and Wentz in a divisional matchup. You got Aaron Jones against a softer Oakland defense. And you have George Kittle against a joke of the Redskins. I'm going to pick Team Zane here. Um, But again, the projections are only within one point. So another great game in the SFFL this week. And next, we got the Wentz Wagon, who lost last week and is at 4-2 against the Pride of Quincy, 1-5. The Wentz Wagon is projected to win this one, 55% win probability. And that's who I'm going with here. Um, Again, the Rams look horrible, so rolling out Goff and Gurley, who's banged up, not sure that's a great strategy. Um, but assuming Gurley puts up like a 10-point game or something like that, again, you don't need much out of him. And we got Dalvin Cook, Julian Edelman, Kenny Galladay. I think they'll carry that team. Um, I do like Miller's improvements overall. And, and like I said earlier, I don't think he is locked in for last place by any means. Um, but I do think that uh, Flip will win this matchup. Um, 
And again, he's projected to win this one by 12. And next we have the Fuck You Flips at the Fuck You Cranes. And, and yes, this is the Back Bay Bagel Game of the Week. Um, it, the win probability is at, at exactly 50%. We have the Fuck You Flips and the Fuck You Cranes, two Fuck You teams. We have GM Rincon, who, again, is really uh, teetering on that line of playoff contention. One win can swing his team. Again, four or five different slots up in the st- up or down in the standings. And the fuck Ukraines, we have GM Bill, who is coming off a great win. Kyler Murray looks amazing. Um, he currently does not have a tight end on his roster. So depending on how that's going to work, uh, I you know what? I'm not going to make a pick on this one. I, I don't have all the information necessary. So once GM Bill slots in a tight end there, I'll make a call, but I'm not going to lie. I am leaning toward uh, GM Bill. I think Kyler Melvin's asking, begging for more touches against a Titans team who's not looking good at all. Um, I think the, even though the Chargers look terrible, they might be able to control the game flow here and really start feeding Melvin Gordon. So I'm picking Bill but again, I do. I would like more information for that one. Uh, next, we have Lenny and the Jets. Again, potentially the hottest team in the Stonehill Fantasy Football League against GM Blick and Rub for My Chub, whose team is just. I mean, he he punted on Week Seven, which again, interesting strategy. I actually do think that this could be the way to go. You're you're just chalking up a loss in one week to. Pretty much have a full squad for the rest of the year. I mean, he has six, seven guys on a bye right now. Um, so his team is primarily waiver wire or third stringers that um, he's been able to trade for and pick up with Fab and everything like that. So those are my picks for the week. And that wraps up the podcast. We got football. We got a good Thursday night game coming tomorrow. Um, but until then... I'll see you all in the group chat. Good luck in week seven.